for listening to I Am Goddess Collective podcast, a lifestyle podcast for the modern mystic woman. We explore topics on spirituality, female empowerment, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nixie Marie, and I will be here with you every Tuesday to sit together and rise, feel the energy of the sacred feminine, and explore what it means to be a goddess. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, sisters. Welcome to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast. I am actually not solo today. I've got a beautiful goddess sister joining us to share a conversation. Who knows where it'll go? But we've got beautiful Sydney. Is it Campos? Mm-hmm. You got it. Okay, awesome. Sydney's with us today. And Sydney actually is a visionary advisor speaker and author of The Empath Experience, What to Do When You Feel Everything. Really excited about that because we've talked about empaths here on the show and a lot of people have been, you know, asking about how to navigate that. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited that you are here to express that in whatever way, shape or form that manifests. Um, But welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's so beautiful to connect with you. And we were just chatting before about um, having a mutual friend, Brandon, at the P Heads podcast, and that's how I came across you and just found your Instagram. And I was like, who is this awesome woman? I want to talk to her and share. And so it's such an honor to connect and really happy to have another LA solstice around here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know you were in LA. Yeah. I, I would have known that. I would have had you come to the studio, but that's okay. We're next we're time. Yeah, we'll <laughs> create more opportunities for sure. Cool. So, yeah, tell us about yourself. Like, what what's your journey been like on this path? You know, <laughs> I know you're an empath. Like, what? What's oh God, going? it's a long story. I don't know. It's a long one. Um, you know what feels most present for me today is just like you know the, this energy, the energy that I'm experiencing with this eclipse season and this week. And I'm sure. Um, I wonder if you resonate. You know, I've been feeling like days will take up like a whole lifetime almost, like a day will span a lifetime in terms of the phases I'll go through in the movement and the energy and the shifts and the growth and the healing and the insights. And, you know, so I've definitely been in that. And I, last week, I, this past weekend, I went off the grid for three days up to Big, uh, Big Bear and Lake Arrowhead where I had never been before. And it was so beautiful and just total nature immersion. And uh, that is exactly my medicine. And especially since learning about being an empath, that mm-hmm. continues to be a way that I really can ground into my own energy and experience deep purification and healing and just, you know, just a deep sense of being grounded within myself, despite mm-hmm. um, whatever may be going on outside of me. And, you know, long story short, you can check my book out, The Empath Experience for the long version, um, you know, but this word empath, I'm noticing that it's much more you know, popular now for people to, to be noticing it, using it referencing it, which is amazing. But when I found out about it uh, seven years ago, I had never heard of it before. And um, I was only guided to a, a healing session actually at seven years ago because I was, I had just gotten sober. I was um, an alcoholic and drug addict for 10 years, starting at age 14 and kind of went on a really dark path, um, simultaneously doing cool things and being pretty high functioning maybe, but you know, hiding a lot of scary things that I was up to at the time and really suffering a great deal. And you know, again, fast track to the end, I reached such an intense spiritual bottom where I, 
I knew that I, if I kept living the way I was living, I was going to die. And uh, I had a God moment, an awakening moment in which I saw what I was doing finally for the first time, really saw that I was, you know, I was at this breaking, breaking point. And um, yeah, and I got sober. So I, I got sober in New York City in 2011. And that first year in sobriety, I finally started feeling my emotions again after numbing out for 10 years, you know, and it was extremely overwhelming. And I didn't know how to uh, be a human being, I would say. And, and a lot of, uh, I, I really didn't understand how to function with such high sensitivity, psychic awareness, intuitive, you know, ability. It was like, I had no awareness of any of that. And I had no idea how to like manage energy. I had no vocabulary started meditating, doing yoga, taking care of myself. I was in 12-step recovery at the time. And yeah, my life was getting better, but I was feeling, you know, worse and worse. I was feeling really overwhelmed, paranoid, afraid, heavy. And everything in my life eventually started looking really good. And so it was confusing, you know, like everything looks fine. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like terrorizing paranoia and fear and, you know, other things, which led me to a Reiki session, led me to, you know, sharing that same experience with friends and a few different people guided me to Reiki, which is an energy healing modality that um, has just been so healing for me to use over the years. And um, in that first session, I had such a profound release of energy happen as the, you know, the healer was just working on helping open up different parts of me and helping me to naturally release energy I'd been holding on to. And I just felt like a new human, you know, I felt so clear and light and I just felt so good. And she told me, you know, she's like, girl, you are an empath. You've been sponging up all of New York city. You know, no wonder wow. you feel so heavy and are having trouble sleeping and are feeling so nervous and you know, confused. And so that started my journey. And, um, you know, year over the years, I myself became a Reiki practitioner, started seeing clients, you know, in addition to, I was working full-time in New York and advertising at the time and doing my healing stuff on the side, on the weekends, kind of compartmentalizing myself. You know, I was business Sydney over here and healer over here. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, as many people do is compartmentalizing and yeah. But in my Reiki clients, all of the people who were coming to me were empaths. And I was noticing myself forwarding them each the same kind of prescription in terms of books, practices, things that I myself had found really divinely that helped me to feel better, right? And, and, and I noticed that a lot of information at the time was like really negative, you know, that I had been researching myself about empaths, you know, it was like very fear-based, negative uh, information. Like, you know, you're going to be a drug addict. You're going to attract narcissists. You're going to, you know, affect, you're going to have addiction or all sorts of different things. And um, I just didn't resonate with that. I really felt like there needed to be a message of empowerment because as I started to feel better and use my gifts and take care of myself, I, you know, I just, there's just no, there's nothing to be afraid of. And we're never victims to our circumstances and, you know, I just, I felt the call to add a new message to this kind of ecosystem. And over the years, that led me to writing some articles that led me to be being given, essentially being offered a book deal by Simon and Schuster, who found me on through Mind Body Green and then offered me a book deal through Facebook. So it was really this like divine intervention. And um, yeah, and then the book came out May 1st and I've been touring around the country and soon to be in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand over the next few months. And, you know, there's so much more I could say, but um, today in this moment, I'm really clear that uh, the journey has really just begun, <laughs> that there's so much I've, I've been through and have gone through and have worked through. And, and even still just today in this moment, my work is, it continues to be 
to show myself the most love that I can, you know, unconditionally, you know, like really unattached from any achievements, unattached from anything that I do, unattached from my productivity, you know, that's something very present for me is like, what is true unconditional love and how do I truly source that from within myself and give that to myself on a regular basis, interrupting some very old patterns, which I know empaths generally tend to relate to, you know, interrupting these old patterns of um, codependency, external validation seeking, um, overachievement, you know, if, if I look better, maybe I'll feel better, these kinds of things. So, you know, I'm, I'm always growing, always transmuting and transcending. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. It's amazing mm-hmm. your, um, your journey and to stand really fully in that knowingness of like who you are. And I mean, the empath's journey is, is so fascinating that this mm. has really come to the surface of mm-hmm. a, a real way to look at so many of what I feel are mental diseases yes. or disorders and you know it's like just like like reframing the word and really allowing for us to look at those things a little differently and mm-hmm. my experience of being an empath and exploring it and really understanding what it is to be an empath you know I really wanted to ask you in your opinion what like what is an empath and and how do people know and how did mm-hmm. you know? yeah this definition is evolving for me, you know, at the time mm-hmm. that I found, and, and it's evolved even since I published my book. Yeah, so sure. I'll just share with you that trajectory, right? Um, when I first learned about it, it, the term was so empowering because at the time I had felt up until that moment that something was wrong with me my whole life. Hence right. addiction, hence numbing out, hence codependent relationships, hence, you know, all the different self-inflicted trauma, you know, I created. And, um, but at the time, it like wow, I had a word to describe how I felt my entire life and it wasn't a disease. There wasn't anything wrong with me. It was just something about me that I had, no, I had never had an awareness of, which was that, okay, yeah, I'm a sponge. I'm like a sponge. I absorb energy. I absorb energy from people. I absorb energy from environments. I even absorb energy from the collective consciousness. That made sense to me. It's like, yes, I feel that way. I interact with people and I'll feel drained afterwards or I'll feel sad if they were bummed out or I'll feel angry if they were angry or I'll go to certain environments. Granted, I was living in New York City and working in Times Square, which is one of the most like chaotic places on the planet. And no wonder I was feeling anxious. No wonder I was feeling com- like com- competitive and like, you know, worried about how I was like succeeding or not, right? I'm just in that. I'm, I was so in that energy. Mm. And And then, you know, over the years, as I started to learn and practice, you know, ways to really be more embodied in my own energy and own my desires and learn about my feelings, learn about what I want, detaching from what I think other people want or what other people are thinking or what other people are feeling, really like harnessing my energy back into me instead of being this open, porous sponge that's just open for anything to come in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some dynamics to that too. Like I think a lot of that was happening unconsciously, like an unconscious part of me was wanting to really help people and maybe even save them and like really, you know, be this loving light presence in people's lives. But I didn't know that at the time. That's why I was just absorbing, you know, kind of taking away sadness or taking away anger that Mm -hmm. I felt other people feeling. I was just unconsciously absorbing that Um, which is actually disempowering, you know, in hindsight, that's very disempowering for other people because nobody needs saving, you know, everyone's having their own experience, 
however that may look. And it actually had nothing to do with me. Like I didn't need to be interrupting people's natural healing journey by feeling like I need to save them and help them feel better. And when everyone feels better, then I can feel better. Mm. But that's how I was operating. So that's how I learned how to survive in my family. That's how I learned to survive in society, right? Like growing up. So there's a lot of layers to this. Anyways, um, you know, and as I wrote my book, I make the distinction between what it's like to be empathetic and empathic because all human beings are, I believe, wired to be highly intuitive, highly empathetic, you know, that we can all feel energy. We're made of energy. You know, we can all feel deeply. And I'm aware that not everyone is on the same trajectory or the same point of, you know, their, their path and awakening to that consciousness, to that awareness, that ability that they do have to feel very deeply. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, knowing that, um, it's interesting because I think even a few months ago in my book tour, I was saying that, yes, everyone's empathic and everybody can feel deeply and everybody can, you know, feel what other people are feeling, but not everyone's necessarily awakened to that potential that they have within them. And now I'm actually in a perspective of, and I'm curious if you have thoughts on this too, um, especially having learned a little bit more about human design and some other really cool tools that I love to just understand better our energetic signature and the way we can live in alignment with our purpose. You know, I have an open emotional center in human design, so I'm super empath. And not everybody has that. Not everyone has that as part of their energetic signature, as part of their wiring. Some people actually have very closed emotional centers Mm. uh, and aren't able to actually feel, you know, aren't necessarily able to be empathic or as easily, right? And so I'm not sure if, and I've even asked spirit this, and and I'm also like, does this even matter? I think the answer I've gotten from spirit is like, why are you asking? Like, why does that matter? Why does it matter if everyone's an empath or everyone's not? Like, am I just trying to see where I fit in again? Mm. You know, that's kind of the response I've gotten. Um, So I like to hold everyone in the compassionate light and in this invitation that we can all choose to feel more deeply. We can all choose to cultivate more empathy. We can all choose to cultivate more love. And there are, I believe, people on the planet right now, maybe not every single person, maybe not even a great majority, but there are people on this planet who are highly, like super empathic Mm. and are really ready to activate that super empathic ability as a gift to be a healer, to be a light leader, to be an awakener of consciousness, to help the rest of the collective start to feel more deeply and open their heart. That's what I believe today. Beautiful. So, you know, when you say all that, and then how does like somebody who feels like this is that calling and they want to really harness these gifts and embody it, what can they do from there? Other than read your book, of course. (laughs) Yeah, my book is really a guidebook in exactly that. It's a guidebook. It's everything I've learned over the past years, you know, to really at the base level, just start feeling better, start feeling like myself. I didn't know who I was. And I had no idea that I didn't know who I was. You know, I had no idea that I was living my life for everyone else, Mm. you know, And, and that will even still come up in very subtle facets even today. And it's, so it's amazing. You know, that's, that's maybe the path of many empaths. People relate to that. So, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're resonating and you're feeling, you know, like, oh, you're talking to me, you're talking about me. Really the best uh, thing you can do is start to cultivate a relationship with yourself, uh, which means spending time alone, 
You know, I used to be, and I talk about this in my book, I used to be terrified of spending time alone because I didn't have any relationship with myself. And actually I had a really critical, mean relationship with myself where I was always putting myself down for not being good enough because I was basing my value on people's reactions of me. And um, so I really needed to, at the very beginning of my journey, I started creating solo dates to go spend time with myself. It sounds so simple. At the time, I literally didn't understand how to even you know, create time to do that. I didn't understand because my schedule was even filled with, you know, overcommitments, mm-hmm. obligations, being busy, you know, yeah. saving other people. And just, I didn't know what that looked like. So I really needed to get familiar with what it is that I loved, my passions, my creative inspiration, things that I enjoyed and starting to cultivate that love from myself again, unconditionally, just for fun, just for joy, just for pleasure. You know, it was important for me at the beginning to, do things just for myself. You know, I was so used to always doing, you know, actions because of what I thought other people expected of me or because I want, again, motivated by servitude, right? Instead of service, which is a distinction I talk about in my book. And, you know, it was really radical at the time for me to really ask, you know, what do I need in this moment right now? What do I need? And how do I give that to myself? Focusing my energy inward, grounding into myself, detaching from any unconscious, need to like please someone else or take care of someone just really cultivating a focus on me and a lot of empaths will say like well that feels selfish isn't that selfish especially if you've been used to taking care of people your whole life or you learn to have to do that maybe in your family as a survival mechanism or you know as many of us do and no it's not selfish taking care of yourself is the most selfless thing you can do ever because Listen, at some level, every single soul on this planet is called to be of service. We all naturally want to give a gift. That's who we are. And as long as we're not giving a gift freely and in love, we are not fulfilled, right? We're not fulfilled in our purpose, which is the cause, I believe, of all the major chaos and issues that are currently happening on the planet. Mm. And it sounds like a generalization, but if you really tune into it, it makes so much sense. And so, you know, the most radically selfless, even revolutionary thing that anyone can do, especially empaths, is to start directing more of your attention, focus, and love onto yourself and giving yourself exactly what you need in every moment. And that's a radical practice. Like I have my clients, um, you know, set a timer every 20 minutes on your phone. Ask yourself, well, first, breathe. Connect to your heart. Get out of your mind. Connect to your own energy through grounding breaths. Ask yourself, what do I need right now to feel supported? What would be the most loving thing that I could do or say to really support myself? you know, in those kinds of words and just really listening and honoring your intuition, which is going to speak to you through good feelings and is going to guide you in the perfect way, you know, to be in alignment with your purpose, to feel your best, to serve, right? So it's like in honoring yourself, you are intrinsically supporting all, you know, the whole because we're all connected. Mm. Yeah, I love all that. I mean, I love that you brought it back to the self, you know, and what I'm really hearing from you is that you just fell in love with yourself and that's really what, how you managed and found acceptance in really who you are. And I think that that's really powerful because a lot of the conversations that I find lately I'm having are really rooted in that, you know, Mm -hmm. self-love and, and not even just like self-love painting this like picture of what it's supposed to look like, but 
Mm-hmm. It, it can be as simple as like making your beloved breakfast in the morning, like, or just, you know, whatever brings, and that's another like out going outward act, but it, it could be that simple, you know, or it's just listening to the body and saying like, I'm, I'm ready to just go to the beach and be with myself and read a book. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that there's a lot of self-love, self-care, like what rituals need to look like out there right now. And I kind of want to like bring it back in and really remember that um, it, nothing has to look a certain way. So mm. I really like, I like that you brought that into the space. And It's such a good point. It's such a good point. I mean, literally, and I'm feeling this so strongly in the collective right now. It's like, who gives a shit about what it looks like? This is your life. It's about what it feels like for you. You know, like I'm saying this to myself, this is my medicine because I'm in a major unraveling of that construct, right? Mm -hmm. That paradigm of like things needing to look a certain way in order to mean that you're valuable or worthy or that you can be loved or whatever, all the different layers. And, and, you know, it's listen, the future that we're moving into, whether you I'm sure your people tuning in like have heard like fifth dimensional consciousness, unity consciousness, Christ consciousness. Those are all really helpful terms. And it's like, we're just opening up to more love, you know, mm-hmm. like what is, le- what is wor- the world like when we all love ourselves fully and completely? You know, I, my mission is to create heaven on earth, co-creating heaven on earth in this now, which is existing here in this moment as soon as we choose to tune into our heart like fully and completely and drop out of the analytical mind, which would have us live in separation, fear, limitation, scarcity, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, these are all illusions and they're crumbling away. And we see a lot of chaos happening in the world right now because of that, like stark contrast being illuminated in such massive, massive ways, right? In our society, especially in America, it's like, oh my God, it's like whole layers of our collective and individual identities are just being stripped away and it can feel enormously ungrounding. And mm-hmm. so even more the reason to connect to yourself radically and, and really the word I even use more so than self-love, it's sovereignty, it's independence, mm-hmm. it's radical mm-hmm. authenticity. And like, yes, the beloved in your relationship or you know, how, if, if you're not in a relationship, it's like, no, it's about the beloved within you, you know, <laughs> marrying your own masculine and feminine and for me, I mean, personally, I'll share this too. I wonder if you resonate. I'd love to hear your experience with this. Um, you know, with a lot of the things that I'm transcending right now on my path as it pertains to, you know, radical self-expression, radical unconditional love, sovereignty. It's like I'm looking at, you know, the personification of my masculine, of my divine feminine, you know, almost as though these two energies within me are my parents, my parents that mm. I am for myself. You know, because a lot of my insecurity, fears, a lot of these illusory energies, they come from our first years of being alive, you know, from our from our parents and from these different strategies we learn. And um, I'm just, I'm so clear that I'm the one that gets to be responsible Mm -hmm. for giving myself what I need. And this is for all humans, not just empaths, but I find that empaths in particular, you know, we, I believe... (laughs) Well, I definitely did. And I believe that many of us choose the perfect parents, you know, Mm. with which we get to grow and really learn the perfect lessons that help point us back to self-love, that help take us back to sovereignty and, and just remembering, you know, remembering more of where we, where we truly come from. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I I fully agree with that. I think we're coming into this age of realizing that nothing outside of us is going to give us what we're looking for. You know, I mean, it's kind of a trippy 
experience to have too, because I think, you know, with the societal programming, we're, we're told to, you know, go buy this thing, go manifest that big house, go get that big car or whatever. And then, you know, a lot of people are, are getting those things. And then they mm. realize like, well, there's still like something inside of me that isn't fulfilled. And there's almost like a, a cutting of that even and occurring now where people are realizing I actually don't need this material life. This material mm. life is not serving me, but I can, I can have like an experience all of these things, but that isn't going to bring me the happiness that, you know, all the, all the board, um, the bulletin boards and, you know, advertising basically tells us. So I think as an empath that that is a big part of why it's, it's challenging in the beginning of not knowing who that person, like who they are or Mm -hmm. what the word empath even means. And for me, it really turned like a light switch went on. I read Mm -hmm. the empath survival guide. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It was a good one, but it really was like this coming home to myself realization. Mm -hmm. So it Mm -hmm. sounds like we kind of shared, share a similar story of how we kind of found that connection. So Mm -hmm. what is your take on, relationships and and empaths oh (laughs) that's a great question I'm um I'm in a beautiful beautiful relationship with the most oh I'm just so grateful for this divine man in my life who's such an amazing mirror for me to you know see the parts of myself that want more love and and I'm really you know being challenged to I'm in a relationship that's challenging me to really embody my highest self like we both our challenge to bring both of our higher selves all the time to me. Mm. That's the vibration in which we like really meet in full love. And, uh, and it's very confronting sometimes. And it's like also the most beautiful gift ever, you know, to continue choosing more love and like having conscious communications that I've never, I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know how to do this because I've never done it before, you know, and doing it anyway and sounding like a silly, awkward person trying to communicate these things that I've just never been able to express and like learning new boundaries within my own empathic, you know, abilities, like tuning into what he's feeling and, 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 you know, having an awareness and a, um, I would say some more cultivated ability in like Mm -hmm. tuning in and discerning and having good boundaries and, and whatnot. And, Again, just as I mentioned, like having a lot of great unconscious old material come up to be cleared, you know, to be activated, to be, to not react to, but to allow to process and just really cultivating awareness of, of, you know, your question just feels like I could write another book about that, you know, like, okay, what does it mean to be an empath? What does it mean to be in relationship with others, let alone like a beloved, you know, it's like, I'm learning, I am learning so much right now and it is it is absolutely it's been terrifying at times it's been really you know I run retreats about healing the inner child you know I do a retreat once a year called remember who you are it's a very intimate experience in which I facilitate a curriculum I created around healing your inner child and really you know creating this divine union embodying divinity and and it's profound and yet given you know given that that's part of my reality in the moments at times where I'm in my relationship and an old unconscious wound, and I know my core wounds like pretty well, Mm -hmm. but it'll get triggered. You know, my abandonment will get triggered and this fear of 
you know, I'm, you're going to leave me. If you find out, okay, here, here it is. Here's my biggest fear that, that will be coming up. It's like, if you find out who I really am, you're going to leave me. You're not going to love me. If you find out like who I really am, you know, who at the core, you know, there's like this, this feeling sometimes of like not enough or not lovable. It's, it's that whole energy. It's like, you're going to leave. And if that gets activated, even through something really silly, like it's just a feeling, you know, it's just an old feeling coming in. And um, it's like everything I know and everything I would like coach someone through and that I, that I do support people through it's like, I'm just in, I'm in amnesia. I'm just like, oh man, I just want to leave. Maybe I should move to Bali, you know, like really it's, and, and I have awareness and and space from that, but I'll watch that programming unfold. And, you know, these are the moments that I'm finding are so challenging to even like just share about and communicate about. And yet I know that when I do share about them, it's like everyone resonates, everyone feels it, everyone's been there. Mm-hmm. And so how do we create more openness and love and, and supportive space in our world, in our communities, in our friendships to share about this stuff? Because this is like, for me, like these moments, these are the growing, like the growing edges of consciousness. These are like the moments in which you know, my heart can be more open to love in all areas of my life. Like this mm. is like the training ground. And this is like the stuff that is the hardest of all, I feel like in this human experience, you know, our most vulnerable moments. How are you showing up? Are you there for yourself? Mm-hmm. Or are you making your whole, the, the whole situation about how you look and about the other person's reaction and, you know, making your value contingent upon what the person thinks of you? I mean, it's like, that's why I love, I love to talk about sex, especially I talk about vulnerable and, you know, people get all sorts of weird ways when you start talking about sex, but that's the most incredible mirror. I know we which, talk, we talk about a lot yeah. of sex on this podcast. Oh, good. So maybe <laughs> we can go in there. And like that for me has been one of the biggest areas of healing and has a lot to do with my experience as an empath has a lot to do with learning about energetic discernment and pleasure and desire, you know, and but really looking at the ways in which you show up in those intimate moments as a mirror for how you show up in every area of your life. You know, so often people are conditioned, you know, and I've been there, we're conditioned to think like, as you said, you know, if I get the car, if I get the money, if I get the house, then I'll be happy. And if this looks good, then I'll feel good, you know? And how, for how long, when I was like in my early sexual encounters, you know, for many years, for how long was I showing up exactly like that? You know, if this looks good, if I look good, if the other person feels good, then, you know, I'm loved, you know, and totally like disconnecting from my actual desires, not feeling safe to ask for what I wanted, not feeling safe to tell my truth, not even trusting my body to be able to tell me what it needs and not listening, not valuing myself highly enough to even take that seriously, you know, and that actually Mm. resulted in not only like physical pain and injury with those different energetic blocks that materialize. But, you know, I can just see the ways in hindsight that that, that, you know, kind of that way that I was showing up continuously manifested as these major blocks to fulfillment, purpose, abundance in my life. Mm. I have a really interesting question that just popped up. Mm. What are some, (laughs) what are some of your desires, like sexual desires that maybe you weren't speaking in that time of your life? Oh, yeah. Well, there's a pretty specific period. I talk a little bit about this in my book just because I had over the past two years, I've had such an awakening of sexual energy, feminine embodiment, you know, orgasmic power, and just really understanding that, you know, my purpose 
here on the planet is to be in as much joy, pleasure, and like orgasmic bliss as possible. And that is my power. The extent to which I am allowing myself to be totally embodied in pleasure is the extent to which I am completely open to abundance of all forms, period. There's the same energy. And, uh, and just had some massive healing around, man, I just, I carried so much shame for so many years not, it was like, you know, I was carrying the secret of, you know, for all the years that I started having sex, I lost my virginity when I was 18. And then I, you know, had a series of monogamous, like really long-term relationships from 18 till like 23, which is around the time a year before I got sober. And in those relationships, I never had a real orgasm, you know, I never, and Mm. I also thought that I couldn't have one. I thought my body was broken. I had all this shame. But really what it was is that I, I mean, first of all, did I trust my partner? Probably not. Did I trust myself? Probably not. Was I taking care of myself? No. You know, there are all these different factors, but I was, more importantly, I was hiding. I was hiding out. You know, I was not allowing myself to feel good, essentially. Mm, I was like literally repressing my body's natural response. It wanted to feel pleasure. It wanted to just do its job you know, and I was, a part of me was literally repressing it from happening and then faking it, faking it. It was like this whole, like total dynamic, like confusing dynamic. And then I would carry so much shame about it, thinking right. there's something wrong with me. And, you know, it was really- Had you it, ever had an orgasm mm-hmm. outside of sex? Yeah, totally. So you knew what it felt like. But it mani- that even manifested as a whole other source of shame because I felt like, um, you know, and I started- there's a whole, this is like a whole other book, I think about, you know, I'm actually working on another book that's about money, sex, and power and the intersection okay. of those energies in, in my life with, you know, things I've transcended. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm like high, I have very high degree of sexual energy. I first started like masturbating when I was like five or six as, you know, as I started to talk more openly about this stuff, people are like, mm-hmm. yeah, me too. Totally. Oh yeah. Totally. And yet, I had a, a girlfriend yeah. from like, me and this girl played around with each other from like five till about 12 years old. Like we, oh, wow. we just explored each other's bodies and yeah. everybody knows if they've listened to the podcast. So, they talk yeah. about that. so <laughs> I've come out of the closet a lot I here. I love that. Well, that's beautiful. It's so important to be open. There's no shame, you know, there's yeah, no, no shame at all. And, mm. and so I had a little bit of shame around it mm. when I was in my high school years because I felt like if someone were to find, well, my mom was actually the root of the shame because I was like, Mm. you know, put down for the experiences that I was having, like it was wrong and all that stuff. But it also surfaced in, if anybody found out, they're going to think something of me. Totally. You know, it's so good when you get to this place though in life where you just start to slowly not care. Well, you know, part of the journey to not caring is like letting that shame go, you know, and for me, I I actually don't recall how I had this memory, but you know, it's all connected, you know, the, the not having orgasms in those relationships was connected to a memory that I identified from my first grade birthday party when I was seven years old. And I was like sitting on my dad's lap and I like rubbed my, I was just kind of rubbing myself because it felt good. Cause it was fine. It was fun. It wasn't sexual or whatever. It was just, you know, listening to my body, listening to what felt good, following my intuition. And then my dad, you know, I sensed him energetically just get so uncomfortable, get so afraid and literally like pick me up, put me down and say, stop. Or like, no, you know, yeah. and in that, in that moment I was literally program. I can see how I was programmed 
to not trust my body, to not trust my good feelings, to not allow myself to be fully expressed. Because if I did, this person who I'm relying on to take care of me doesn't love me, isn't going to take care of me, is afraid of me, right? So, and I think that happens to a lot of women in particular and can manifest as, you know, blocks to feeling fully powerful, blocks to feeling like you can be safe to be who you are and tell your truth and listen to your body, right? It can be, there can be a fear of your power being fully brought online. And so that was part of the unraveling, you know, of like, oh God, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And that story, so many people relate to that. The more we share, the more we heal. And then I got to be free to have new experiences in my relationships, which started with, you know, always just telling the truth, sharing with, you know, a partner eventually, um, all the stuff I was just so ashamed of. I mean, I have some other history of doing like sex work and that type of thing, but in my addiction, well, we have a very empower- similar story. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I was like not empowered in it at all, though. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, motivated by a big fear of money and scarcity and, but also this exploration yeah. of like past lives. Oh my know, gosh. Are you talking selves. my story right now? <laughs> I don't know. I had no idea. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. A bit, but I actually found myself in a really awesome like situation because I, I too needed it actually more for money. And it was more my like this weird fear around like not understanding how to make and generate money because I was, Mm. I've always been self-employed. I've never had a nine to five. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur. So, but in the beginning stages of that, and when I started my first company, it was like, what do I do? I, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a license, nothing. So it was interesting how the universe brought me someone who actually was a madame and she, like she had this client who was he's big in the in the world and he just really liked to have certain women be there for his his kinks and his experiences so mm-hmm. naturally I kind of figured out there was something she was doing you know because it was like there's there's so much cash involved in, in our business and I was like okay what's going on here you know like mm-hmm. how do I ask but wow. not so yeah long I mean long story short I got involved and I was just kind of one of his like sidekicks in it all and so I never actually had to change my like sexual energy and that was really a very interesting thing to be in that type mm. of work and not have to exchange anything but I had so much shame around mm. the money that I was making cuz it was like I mean a lot a lot of money every mm-hmm. night and not every night but every night that he came to have this experience. And so I was just spending tons of money and even I I handled my shit, (laughs) you know, handled my stuff, but it was, um, the shame Mm -hmm. around having the money and, and Mm -hmm. not feeling like I earned it, you know, it was was an interesting thing. So I feel, Mm -hmm. I feel you for sure. You know, it came from Mm -hmm. a very different space Mm -hmm. and now I have like such a different value around money. Mm -hmm. That's such a great point. You know, it's like, that's why integrity is one of the most that's my highest value for life. It's like integrity alignment, Mm. you know, how, what I believe, what I say and how I show up, they're aligned. You know, there's nothing to hide. There's no shame. All my energy is free to be fully expressed through truth, you know, Mm. and with magnetic power, with magnetic impact, you know, anything that we're carrying shame around is so draining. It's the biggest energetic drain of all time, you know, to have shame and repressing and hiding. It's like, where else could that energy be used for good, for love, for you know, effectiveness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for creativity, yeah. for just enjoyment, you know? And to your point of, you know, if you're making money doing something that you don't really feel fully aligned with, 
yeah, you're going to go spend it. You're going to want to get rid of it because unconsciously you're like, I don't want this. I don't really want to be doing this. This doesn't feel good. You know, that's why, again, there's a connection between, you know, sexual energy, life force energy, pleasure energy, and money. You know, mm. there, all, of these, all these energies and power certainly are expression of our gifts. All these different energies are just mirrors for us to better understand, you know, what feels good. Like what feels really good? Like this good feeling isn't tangible. Money is tangible. You know, the people that show up in your life, whether sexual partners or not, are tangible. You know, the opportunities you're being given to choose from are tangible. And yet, you know, it's like they're just mirrors. Like, are you trusting your good feelings to really guide you? You know, and then your external reality tends mm -hmm. to line up pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what else is coming up for me is how interesting it is. Like when you're sharing your story about what your father had did, how he reacted to what he saw or what he, you know, didn't want to see how for so long religion, a lot of our parents, everybody's saying like, okay, so if we masturbate or we give ourselves pleasure, it's a pleasuring experience mm -hmm. and we're told not to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't have pleasure. Don't have fun. Don't smile. Don't be happy. Don't be all these things. Cause it's strange or weird. I don't know. It's a very interesting concept. You might make someone really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's a really, really interesting mm -hmm. like program when you really like look at the energetics mm -hmm. of it and the, the underlying intention of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting to hear you say that cause it just brought up this, like, why do we hide? Why do we hide our pleasure? Mm -hmm. You know, we, I, I mean, it's an, it's a newer, it's a newer thought to now have this, why are we hiding? You know, why mm -hmm. can't we come out? But it's also old because we mm -hmm. had a lot, years and years and years and decades and decades ago, centuries ago, this wasn't like monogamy wasn't even a thing. We yeah. created that. So it's all really recent and it all has to do with control and repression of our power because what can, again, what kind of world, what kind of society do we inhabit when people's life force creativity you know essence is fully empowered you know to be expressed to be shared you know when we're all sovereign when we're mm -hmm. all free what kind of world do we create you know it's it's an infinite an infinite array of possibilities suddenly becomes available to us right and are we complicit in some of the systems that we have you know operative right now do we continue just you know allowing fear-based programs or constructs mm -hmm. to kind of tell us what we have to do you know it's, it's we could, it's just amazing to me like if we all just agreed not even all of us but just you know it takes a very small percentage of the population to just you know be on this consciousness awakening journey elevate your frequency and you automatically are radiating you know to affect infinite other beings to and they might not even know it right but their their vibrations also raising because we're all connected mm -hmm. so it's mm -hmm. like something that even like 0.01% of the whole world, if we were all to cultivate more self-love, more self-care, more meditative presence, you know, more connection, trust, all the things we want, we are literally raising the collective consciousness of the whole planet. And, you know, it, what, what happens if we all just agreed tomorrow to start using money in a different way? Or we started mm -hmm. to say, well, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to pay those taxes to go to a war. You know, what do we do instead? What do we it could do? Be that, it could be that easy. Well, you know, if we just agreed 
suddenly to, you know, say, for example, like not pay taxes or, you know, something to that effect to make like an infrastructural change to disrupt, you know, a system that we don't really find beneficial for the mass social good, you know, what would happen? You know, we could agree. We could agree tomorrow to not buy anything. And then what happens? We could agree. I mean, these are just kind of out of, out of, you know, this moment, but um, it's powerful. Like what if we agreed tomorrow to start suddenly money has a different value? (laughs) You know, these are all just agreements and a lot of them are unconsciously made. Right. And yet we build our Mm -hmm. whole lives trying to like navigate this reality of these rules. (laughs) I definitely, (laughs) not real. I definitely didn't come in here signing up to pay a ton of taxes from you know, having employees and all that that stuff. I don't think I signed up for that one. Um, you know, but, but I did, you know, because I'm yeah. a human and here I am. So it's interesting to say that. Do you, do you know the thing that really comes to mind? I mean, all that stuff I said is fun too, but I'm really, I'm really curious about like, how do we create new schools? You know, like, I think that's, I think that's a big part of my life. The next phase of my life is yeah. working with children and creating space for you know, these kids who are being born, who are just like totally awakened, enlightened beings that it's like, they're coming in and they're just like, what is happening? Like, I was like that when I was a little kid, right? I was like, what is going on here? Like, this is weird. Why is everyone so upset? Like, you know, and, uh, and how do we provide a space for these kids to thrive and to like thrive in their intuitive abilities and right. their psychic abilities and to learn about energy and just just to be empowered to like ask their own questions and not be given like this regimented thing of like, you must learn this, you know, only to like, when was the last time D- I used D-learn, algebra? D-learn yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting you bring that up too. Cause I've had uh, a lot of conversations lately around kids and, you know, bringing like, I've, I've had a vision of bringing a kid's camp, like a kid's spiritual camp or something, you know, to life. And, and I used to go to camp all the time and Mm -hmm. it was really, it was really amazing to connect with Mm -hmm. nature and, you know, it was, it was religious based, but Mm -hmm. we, I mean, we can create whatever we want, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's the children that are going to do something. We're in the middle sector of it now. Like the elders are important because they play a role and we play a role, but now we've got all these, you know, we've always are, are always going to have these different sectors and generations, but mm-hmm. the children are the, they're like all ears, yeah. you know? So yeah, I agree with you on that one. Aww. What, um, what would you say to someone who wants to really like they're having financial blocks? How can they work on clearing those and does it, and I know you said that it's all related to sexual energy. So how, how do you work with that? Like, how could they start to <laughs> shift that up? <laughs> yeah, that's a big one too. I do like, I run a whole program around that specifically. That's like weeks long, you know, it's cause it, there's layers to this. There's no, listen, there's no overnight fix. Um, mm-hmm. Arguably there's nothing to fix actually. Right. So um, there's nothing to fix. There's only more alignment and more love to be embodied. And, you know, that always starts with looking at, again, some of the things I already mentioned, right? Like, where are you at? That was a cool noise. <laughs> um, you know, my would, bracelets. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, it starts with really getting honest with yourself about, you know, your own alignment in terms of how you're using your resources in your life. Your most valuable resources are your time and your energy. How are you using both in your life are you showing up for things you don't really want to be doing 
that's like the number one biggest block to abundance that I see most people experience is, mm-hmm. you know, this like blindness to, or, or like, and I get it, I've been there, this really like challenging um, feeling when it comes to admitting the ways in which, you know, you're committed to doing stuff you don't really want to be doing. You know, you're wondering like, why isn't abundance coming? Okay, why are you showing up for a job that you hate? Expecting for money to come in. Like, listen, your soul, if there's something that you really don't like to be doing and you're continuing to do it, you are abandoning yourself effectively and saying to the universe that you're not in trust. You're not in receptivity. You're in control. You're in fear. Mm. You're holding on for dear life to the thing that you think is somehow secure, which is usually so limited compared to what's really available to you, which is Mm. like maybe so expansive, it's scary. (laughs) And that's good. It should be scary because you're here to evolve. You're here to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, so often a conditioning of, you know, our time, our culture is like, be safe, be secure, plan for your retirement. Like just this whole, it's like a marketing campaign and yet so unfulfilling. You know, you're here to live a unique purpose. You're here to serve your purpose, whether that's through a business or through your own you know, through in within an organization, like really get honest with yourself. How are you spending your time? And what can you let go of that does not feel in alignment with how you really want to feel? You know, like I take people through my program and one of the first things we do is, you know, get clear on your vision. What do you want? Like, what do you want in your life? What do you actually want to be experiencing? What do you want to feel like every day? What do you feel like in your dream life, which is why you're here on planet earth, by the way, to live your most incredible life possible. What do you want to feel like when you start your day? Have you ever thought about that? Mm. You know, what do you really want to feel like? And then how are you aligning your actions to supporting you and feeling that way? You know, and Mm. it's simple, but like how often have we ever taken the time to do that and not just do it once, but continue to revisit it. And maybe even as a daily practice journaling, you know, today I desire to feel, you know, radiant, to feel free, to feel authentic, to feel powerful. Today I am committed no matter what to, you know, what do you need to do to feel the way that you want to feel? Mm-hmm. Like, what yeah. are you really creating? What are you committed to? Where is the sense of urgency that you have? Talk about sexual energy, life force energy, right? Like urgency, you know, masculine focused directness. You know, I am committed no matter what to, you know, taking care of myself, to, cultivating, you know, my, my energetic mastery today throughout my day, checking in with myself, giving myself what I need, um, whatever else is, is there for you, you know, and, and really, yeah, holding the vision that you're growing towards, you know, whether that's a tangible, you know, it could be a tangible vision that you have, what's a dream that you have, and what Mm -hmm. are you committed to? Again, it's up to you, you're responsible, right? Like for your life, What results are you committed to creating to bring your vision into reality, you know? And when you're really clear on the vision, when you're really clear on what you want, and sometimes we need help in that process. That's part of my coaching that I really support people in like, you know, creating that clarity. It's like, what do you really want without selling yourself short, without settling, without seeing through a lens of scarcity or limitation? What's the dream? What are you here to give? What, What is your highest excitement, your joy, you know, that you are here to give to this planet? And when you start to unlock that, the question of like, where's my, what's my money block? It just doesn't exist in the same paradigm because you're not even thinking about money. You're not thinking about the lack of money. You know, when you're so turned on by your purpose, by your service, you know, with this love, you're not thinking about what's not there. And guess what? That's when everything just comes. Hmm. <laughs> 
I love that journey you just took us on. That's mm. beautiful. Mm. <laughs> well, we're kind of coming to the end of our show here. So I've got a few more things that I want to just unravel and bring up and okay. ask you. Um, so what does it mean to you to be a goddess? Oh, I love that question. Ah, let's see. Goddess. I believe that a goddess is the embodiment of the divine feminine and is the ultimate embodiment of receptivity, of trust, of love and magic and alchemy. Mm, I love that. Alchemy. Yes. Beautiful. So where can everyone find you? You can just check me out on, uh, I'm on Instagram, Sydney Campos, and my website, Sydney Campos. I got all the good stuff going on there. Something I'm really excited about, it's almost full, is uh, my Bali retreat that I run over New Year's for 10 days. And it's like the most incredible adventure. Uh, so you can find out about all that on my website. And uh, yeah, and just all my other updates. I send out like a newsletter about once a week. That's a fun way to stay in touch. Awesome. Yeah. If you had something to say to women, like just tapping into something that's related to maybe business or just whatever feels called, what would you say to women right now at this time? Hmm. <sighs> Trust yourself. You know exactly what next steps to take. You know that your good feelings are guiding you in the perfect alignment with your highest service, with your most fulfilling, soul-centered purpose. Trust yourself no matter what. And anytime that any inkling of comparison or wondering what other people are thinking comes up, mm -hmm. return back to you, connect to self and really remind yourself of why you're here. Remind yourself of your vision, be that strong support and just unrelenting force that you need to feel safe, secure, love, no matter what, do whatever you can to really cultivate that unconditional love and reassurance for yourself and trust that everything is just such a natural outgrowth from that space, you know, and that you can only expect more effortless ease and grace, you know, allow yourself mm. to be supported by grace, you know, pray for grace to be revealed to you in every day, you know, pray for the divine to really work through you and, and know that you are an instrument of divine intelligence. Mm. Rachel, sister. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you for coming on the show. It was so wonderful to chat with you about so much. We went into a lot of topics here. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah, so what would you like to uh, leave the audience with? What, what song, music, what are we dancing Aww. to? Oh, what's one of my favorite songs right now? Ah, uh, I think one of my favorite songs that I'd love to leave for this audience, and I wonder if you already know it, it's, um, it just came to me right now. It's India Ari, I Am Light. And it's just a really healing, loving, beautiful, like the first time I heard it, I actually heard India Ari perform it live at this really small little intimate thing. And I was just crying because it was such a light transmission. It was just, wow. I haven't heard and, it. Yeah. So you're going to love it. Yay. Yay. You're going to love it. Beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. Well, sisters, please enjoy this beautiful sound. I am light by I can't say the name, but she just said it. So <laughs> I India, love you. India, India Adi, India Adi. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> I love you. I see you. I feel you. I hear you. I will all tune in with you all next time. <laughs> Bye, everyone.
not the things my family did I am not the voices in my head I am not the pieces of the brokenness inside I am light I am light I am light I am light That I have made Or any of the things that cause me pain I am not the pieces of the dream I left behind of it.